Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Sydney, what do you got on the docket for me today? What do you got? I'm ready to learn. I got my thinking cap on. I got my stinking cap off. I don't even know why I bought it. Honestly, it seems like you're going to get a lot of use out of a stinking cap, but I didn't even think through it. Well, when you go into Spencer's, you hate to leave empty-handed. Yeah, that's true. And I, my drinking cap, that's in my back pocket because the weekend is just around the corner. But for right now, my thinking cap is on. And my shrinking cap has not been invented yet. I have some diagrams I'd like to show you. Okay, let's just Dr. Zelensky do. and I have made a lot of progress on the shrinking cap. Let's just do this episode of Sawbones. That sounds like instead. a good start. Let's do that. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on currently. Event-wise, um, related to medicine, mm-hmm. but we've done episodes on most of that stuff. So, I know I, we got some emails like you should talk about ivermectin. There is an episode on ivermectin. If you'd like to listen we to gotcha. that, it does not treat or cure COVID. Please do not take it uh, for COVID. Please do not take a- a horse medicines ever for anything, ever. Please. Ever. So that's covered in another episode. Um, m- masks. Uh, should be worn and are great, and we did that in another episode. We yep. put that in a book. Been banging on that one for so, a while. <laughs> um, but that's out there. Uh, so I I found something else in the news uh, that there were some recent reports about that I didn't know anything about. It has nothing to do with COVID. Not that it's not important to keep talking about COVID, but we'll we'll take a break this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you, Paige, for sending us an email um, to bring it to my attention that like, hey, this might make a good episode because I read an article about it and it didn't occur to me immediately. Um, but Justin, have you heard of Havana syndrome? I When you do this, it's always a little bit tricky because like, you know, you know that you talked to me. Before I asked you the other day, have you heard of Havana syndrome? Never. Okay. Um, and first of all, I, I don't really want to keep calling it that, even though like I wanted to put that name out there because if you've heard of this, that is what it's most well known as. Mm-hmm. And so- I want context, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and that is what if you read if you read any of the recent news articles about it, reports about it, that's what they are calling it and all the articles. So this is what they're talking about. Um, We should probably try to call them anomalous health incidents. But that seems a little, you know, that's less catchy, though. Well, they didn't. First of all, they haven't all happened in Havana. So even though the first ones I'll talk to you about happened in Havana, they mm-hmm. did not all happen in Havana. And um, second, I just don't think it's nice to name diseases after places. That's true. You know, like, do, are you ever going to take a vacation to the Ebola River? No. Right? That's not fair. No. 
But, you know, I that mean, the river is saddled with that forever. I probably wouldn't do that anyway. I mean, I don't travel much right now at all, Sydney. I don't know if you've heard, but. I don't mean now. I just mean generally. Like you try and you shouldn't, if you can, it's don't name nice. things after places. It's hard to shut something like it, that off. Right. Because then the place gets that connotation forever yeah. and it might not be something that, you know, that you want. Got it. Yeah. Right. So anyway. Can um, we keep calling it that with the understanding that we shouldn't be calling it that? Because I'm not a, a mo- Anomal- <laughs> I don't have a better anomalous health, anomalous health incidents. Well, anomalous health incident also isn't uh, specific to this. You could say a lot of things are anomalous health this incidents. This is my I problem suppose. with it. The language isn't specific. And I don't have like a better can name get it started? for it. Maybe we can just start with Havana syndrome and then move from there because okay. we've already called it that. Um, my apologies to Havana. <laughs> Recently, it was reported that Vice President Kamala Harris had her, she had a, she was doing an overseas trip and it was briefly delayed. Mm-hmm. Just like there was a pause. It was like a couple hours. So not a big incident in mm-hmm. the grand scheme of things for the vice president. But the reason that it was delayed is a little more interesting. There were some, what were reported as anomalous health incidents that occurred in uh, Hanoi, which is where she was headed from Singapore. And so because of these incidents, they paused the trip, decided there was no concern for the vice president or any of her staff. It did not affect anyone associated with the vice president. And so she continued on her trip. Um, But because of that, Havana syndrome was put in the news and trending. And now here we are. Um, Because I had no idea what it was. I'd never heard of it. I'd never heard of the phrase. So it only dates back to 2016. That's why I feel weird. It feels weird to me that I'm not more aware of this because it, has all happened in recent years. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of, I think, media coverage of it initially, perhaps, it seems like. So in 2016, there was a diplomat at the American embassy in Cuba who had an odd health incident, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, it occurred when she was actually in her home, not in the embassy itself, but in her home there in Havana. Mm-hmm. And she was standing in her kitchen and she began to experience this severe headache and pressure in her head. Okay. A lot of these descriptions will sound like waves of pressure. Okay. Uh, She didn't think much of it, tried to, that's a headache, I'll sleep it off. Um, But the next morning, it was still there, and she also began to have some memory issues, some vertigo, balance-type issues, some trouble walking, and, like, sort of processing information. Like, she, she mentioned she couldn't read a cereal box that morning, hmm. like the back of a cereal box. So um, these sorts of nonspecific, very, you know, very um, upsetting symptoms, right. but not really pointing to one specific thing. The symptoms persisted, but she didn't tell anybody at first because she didn't. She liked her job. Yeah. She didn't want to sure. get to at home. Um, and, but she would eventually learn that she was not alone because around this same time period, three CIA officers in Cuba would have similar symptoms. Um, it, and this is all towards the end of 2016 and into 2017. Um, and they would send, actually, a couple people would go back to the U.S. and they sent a couple replacement CIA officers who also had these symptoms. Right? Mm-hmm. Many tended to describe this in a, in a similar sort of progression. Okay. You have some sort of pressure. Like I said, some people said it was like a, like waves of pressure in your head or just an intense pressure in your head. Um, 
But uh, many said that right before that started, they also had a like an auditory symptom, meaning they heard something. They heard a very strange sound. And the sound was described sometimes like machine-like, like a grinding type of sound, a coarse sound, a rough sound. Other people described it like a buzzing, like cicadas. It was mm. compared to like a bunch of crickets or cicadas or something like that several times. Um, like that horrible bird you showed me. Well, does that sound like? Remember, it sounded kind of like it, machine gun. Like That does the, sound machine gun-like. What was it called? The shoe bill. Shoe right? bill. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, oh, guys, don't Google that one. I, I, the shoebill stork. Bad shoebill bird. It's just shoe bad. Bill. Don't look. Don't look. You should look this at it. This is a spooky bird. I like guys. this bird. This bird has personality. This bird's going places. <laughs> this bird has a point of view. Uh, anyway, back to Havana syndrome. So, so they would have this sound, and then they would have this pressure. And then some of these neurological symptoms that I described are, are pretty similar, although some had more severe issues than others, and for some it persisted much longer, whereas for others it was very transient, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, kind of a range in terms of that. The CIA and the State Department, as these uh, individuals started coming forward and kind of reporting to their bosses, their superior officers, whatever, like, mm -hmm. this is happening, mm -hmm. um, they started trying to, like, put together what could, what is this, um, what do we need to, like, investigate? Where could this be coming from? Is this something someone's doing? Is it some sort of espionage attack type thing? Like, poison, a toxin? Targeted? Yeah, are we be is this, is this something someone's doing? Or is this um, just some weird random illness? A prank. Like, is it the Joker? You know, this one kind of sounds like the Joker. Uh and and what's the thing is that's really interesting about this is that at the same time this sort of mysterious thing was happening in Havana, you have to understand like this is the end of 2016 into 2017. Trump has just been elected president and then assumes the presidency with this guy again. <laughs> yeah, um, the, we we're done talking about this. Guy. Uh, it's going to be a long time before we get over all that, huh? Um, plus. Castro had just died in late 2016, right? Mm -hmm. Soon after the American election. Mm -hmm. I wasn't aware that that had happened. That's a heck of a way to break it to me, but go ahead. You didn't know that happened back in 2016? Wasn't paying very close attention. Had our own problems home front, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Didn't notice old Castro. A lot of time has elapsed since then. Shuffled Frida. off. Anyway, so. Uh, then, is there a new Castro? There was for a while. And then I. Are you really asking me about the I'm sorry, political I didn't situation mean to, in Cuba? I don't want to get get to in the weeds. <laughs> anyway, so nobody knew what this meant for Cuban-American relationships, yes. relation, like, at that time. Which like, what is for quite some time. Yes, I do know this. and had changed, hopefully, in a positive direction, many thought, under the Obama presidency. Mm -hmm. And then with Trump assuming the presidency, there was a lot of thought, like, I think, like, there was one quote I read in an article where they... Um, the last meeting between representatives from the Obama administration with officials from Cuba were like, listen, these new people are nothing like us, so we we don't know. Good yeah. luck. Godspeed. <laughs> we don't know. Um, there was a, a lot was up in the air is the point. And I am not an expert on international affairs, but I think it is fair to say that, like, this was a very tenuous relationship anyway. Nobody knew exactly where it was going to go, and this shifted a lot. And in the middle of all this, all of a sudden, we have all of these CIA and State Department people from the U.S. who are in Havana who are having these weird debilitating symptoms, okay? 
So they brought an ENT specialist from the U.S. to evaluate the victims. They didn't want to go with anybody who was in Havana because they didn't they didn't trust anybody. I mean, it's the CIA. They don't they didn't trust anybody there. They wanted somebody from the U.S. who was a specialist to come in. Um, they he evaluated them and he said, like, I think. I am seeing some degree of brain damage in these individuals. Um, it was called at one point, and this this phrase would kind of stick with it, a concussion without a concussion. Okay. The result of a concussion without any concussion having occurred, right? Because they didn't experience any head trauma. Okay. Um, throughout the spring and summer of that year of 2017, the number of cases kept climbing as they're trying to like figure out what do we do about this? What sort of treatments or therapy? What, what can happen? Um, what's causing it? Uh, Nobody really knew, and there were more people experiencing these, depending on who you asked, either symptoms or attacks is what some began to refer to them as. Yikes. Right? Um, when they yes. talked to, when they briefed, like, agents and diplomats as to, like, what to do about this, here's what's going on and here's what you can do, um, they would tell them things like, quote, get off the X. Get meaning off the X? we think you are standing in a targeted spot. So move and get away from whatever is attacking you. Yeah, Holy right. Crap. This right? is wild. Sid. This is a wild story. This does not. Sa- this sounds like a movie. This does not sound like real life. Doesn't sound real. Um, yeah. One was told like, uh, try to get behind a concrete wall because we don't know where it's coming. Like maybe that'll stop it. Yes. So uh, obviously they were being instructed as if this was some sort of attacking mechanism of some sort mm-hmm. that was targeting them. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that it was a an illness that was already, you know, like it was something outside, external that you could get away from as okay. opposed to something already in their body, like okay. a toxin or a poison or a, some other sort of illness of some sort. Um, so anyway, as the symptoms persisted and for some progressed to things like hearing loss, there was one victim of this that had to use a hearing aid eventually. The decision was made that we need to take these people out of Havana, send them somewhere to get, like, comprehensive evaluations, testing, and put together, like, from a team of doctors, what the heck is happening. So they were all sent to the Center for Brain Injury and Repair at the University of Pennsylvania, and a team of doctors was tasked with, like, analyze that, get all the data, analyze it, come up with, like, what in the world could cause this, whatever this syndrome is, whatever is happening in mm-hmm. these individuals. Meanwhile, the number of attacks grew to 21. And first, like, there there began to develop, and this is sort of other than the fact that it is, you know, when there is an illness, it's important to figure out what it is and what's causing it and how do we treat or prevent or whatever. Mm-hmm. On the other part of this is, like, the international situation. Um, as these attack numbers were growing, the U.S. sort of, retaliated in a sense, although against who, I don't know, or for what, the we didn't know. <laughs> they they kind of would retaliate by um, ordering Cuban officials out of their embassy in the U.S. So like, well, there were two more attacks, so we're sending two more Cuban diplomats back to Cuba. And, oh, there were even more attacks, so we just, we're going to order 15 of your Cuban officials back to Cuba. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this was sort of the U.S. policy of the way of showing like if this continues, there will be repercussions and these were the repercussions. Um, there were also in this same time, and it, this story is like a slower burn. It took a while to develop. There were 12 Canadian officials 
who also, uh, according to the U.S. at the time, experienced symptoms. Um, initially, Canada was kind of like, hey, we're actually pretty cool with Cuba. Like, we don't have beef. I know you guys have beef, but, like, we're not trying to be part of that. So <laughs> we don't really want any of this mess. Now, later, there would be, like, these Canadian officials would be evaluated and there would be, like, um, like financial you know, reimbursement for their pain and suffering and their I, treatment I and stuff. So, like, there was stuff going on, but, like, initially it was very much an America-Cuba thing. But there were some Canadians caught in the proverbial crossfire. Yeah, there were Canadians who experienced I mean, the I syndrome. I understand targeting Americans for sure, but, like, Canadians? Now they've gone too far. Have you seen their flavors of KD? Have you seen all the different flavors of KD these people have? Have you even seen Martin Short? You know, Shania Twain. I know. I, I love Canada. You don't have to convince me. Well, um, which maybe that was part of the initial reaction from Canada. Like, everybody loves us. Nobody would. Yeah, who would do this? This, this can't be right. This can't be right. It's got to be aliens. Um, but it wasn't just American officials. It was also Canadian officials. Um, uh, then, then on top of all that, an American official working in China at the American consulate there reported similar symptoms. And then everybody really started um becoming concerned. Uh, it led to the examination of like 15 individuals in China who may have been affected. Um, you know, and so that that really people started to sort of freak out mm -hmm. over what was going on. Eventually, the team in Pennsylvania, the team of doctors that was examining all the original um, uh, victims of the symptoms, would, pu would publish their findings in the Journal of the American Medical Association, JAMA, so a respected medical journal. Um, and they concluded that uh, not everybody they evaluated did have symptoms. Like, for instance, of the 15 individuals in China, they said only one they really thought fit mm -hmm. the same syndrome. Mm -hmm. So, like, some of these people were having something like that but didn't fall within the umbrella of what they considered what anomalous health incident, Havana syndrome, whatever Anom you want to call it. It's anomalous, but not anomalous enough. <laughs> not anomalous in this way, anomalous right. in a different way. Um, but that they had suffered somehow some sort of traumatic brain injury, some sort of concussion. It affected their neural pathways. They called it a brain network disorder. Mm -hmm. um, and they, there was a lot of theorizing at that point uh, from them and other medical entities and government entities as to what might cause that specific pattern of brain network disorder. Um, but nobody, like, they didn't give a definitive reason, right? And and you have to also know, like, in this evaluation, they looked for toxins, they looked for poisons, they looked for other sorts of, like, contagious illnesses, all those other things that you might try to rule out. They looked for all that stuff and they couldn't find a distinct causative agent you know, that they could conclusively blame it on, mm -hmm. right? Um, but there were a lot of theories. And that's what I want to tell you about next. But first, let's go to the billing department. I was just getting it. <sighs> let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier 
than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going to. Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool. Think of it as the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I'm eating filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. If you're sick of constantly arguing with the people closest to you about topics that really aren't going to change the world, we're here to take that stress off of your shoulders. We take care of it for you on We Got This with Mark and Hal. That's right, Hal. If you have a subjective question that you want answered objectively once and for all time for all of the people of the world, questions like, who's the best Disney villain, Mac or PC, or should you put ketchup on a hot dog? That's why we're here. Yes, I get that these are the biggest questions of our time and we're often joined by special guests like Nathan Fillion, Orlando Jones and Paget Brewster. So let Mark and Hal take care of it for you on We Got This with Mark and Hal weekly on Maximum Fun. All right, Sid, you invited me into your parlor room and you're just about to crack this nut wide open. I'm not. Oh. Uh, Spoilers, I'm not. Um, No one has. I'll try to relax a little bit. But there were a lot of 
interesting. And again, like none of this, this all sounds like science fiction. It doesn't. Yeah, none of this sounds real. But these were the theories that people started coming up with. Okay. Um, a directed beam of microwave radiation was the first thought. Yeah. So there was some sort of device. Uh, people thought like it could be small enough that it could be in a van, maybe like parked outside the places where individuals were. And like, and I should say like, as far as where were people when this happened, they were either in their homes, in the embassy, or in um, hotels in the area. Mm-hmm. There were a couple hotels specifically that had like repeated attacks at those hotels. Okay. And it's important to note that like all the other people around them Generally speaking, I'll, I'll give you one example where this wasn't true, but generally speaking, all the other people around them did not experience any symptoms. It was okay. just that one person. So it would have to be a very targeted beam of <laughs> microwave radiation. Also, radio frequency slash microwave radiation was another theory. So different kinds of, you know, this is the physics stuff, different right. kinds of beams that can be pointed at people and cause some sort of brain damage, basically. Um, uh, There were also, some people were like, well, I still think it was like a toxin, like an organophosphate poisoning kind of thing, although that was thought to be pretty unlikely because they should have found some, they did extensive testing on all these individuals and never found any evidence of that. Um, There was an argument made that some pieces of the puzzle that like we're putting together as the constellation of symptoms should not be included, specifically the sound. So this really threw people like, what is this sound they're hearing this, whether it's a machine like or the cicada type or whatever. There was one paper published that said, actually, it is, they're just crickets. There's a specific type of, it was either a Jamaican field cricket or an Indie short-tailed cricket that that was in the area at the time and makes a very loud, distinctive noise. And they thought Mm. this is what they were hearing. Like they just happened to hear that. And then had those symptoms and connected the two when, if they had just asked somebody else in the room, like, are you hearing that? They would have said, oh, yeah, I hear that. (laughs) I know. That's so bizarre. And the people who wrote the paper said, now, we don't know what the rest of this is all about. We're just saying that we think the sound actually was crickets. That is Um, wild. Somebody proposed some sort of sonic weapon or an ultrasound signal. There was the idea that maybe this is a mass psychogenic illness, which we've talked about examples of those on the show before. But um, it is true, as they pointed out, and there's a whole book written from like an expert on mass psychogenic illness and an an expert in neurology Mm -hmm. who like make their case in an entire book that this is a mass psychogenic illness and this is not – an attack of any kind. We've covered things like that. Like if you remember like uh, the dancing plague, mm-hmm. that's one of those. Or we the laughing the laughing epidemic or laughing plague, they yeah. called it. Yes. That um there there are some of these where especially considering that like uh their argument is as this progressed, a lot of the agents who experienced it and officials who experienced it had been briefed on it mm-hmm. prior mm-hmm. to experiencing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And the thought is that and, and again, this is not and I don't I don't know the answer. And when you suggest this, there are people who get very angry. So I'm just putting that out there. This is an incredibly controversial point. Um, because the doctors uh, from the University of Pennsylvania said absolutely not. It is not mass psychogenic illness. It is absolutely not that. It is something physical. We just don't know what it is. Um, but these other professionals said, no, 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 we really do think that's what it is. And these people are experiencing these symptoms. Their their description is real. They are feeling this way. They are having these symptoms. We just see a different cause. 
Um, and, you know, it's psychogenic in nature. Right. So this is not to say that anybody is lying. Okay. It's very different than malingering. These are not people who are intentionally trying to lie and get out of work. I got you. Many of these people love their jobs and were veterans of many years in that job um, and had no reason to want to leave it. So because of all this, um, the CDC was instructed by Congress to investigate in 2018. Uh, and the report that followed, which was called the uh, Cuba Unexplained Events Investigation Final Report, Cuba which you can find now because I was hoping for an acronym nah, and didn't get it. Nothing good. It they did. There was like a FOIA request that I found the result of eventually that unearthed the entire report, but they really didn't arrive at a final conclusion. Um, what they said was like the symptoms, the history, it's also spread out because people, a lot of people didn't come forward right after they experienced the symptoms at first. Mm -hmm. Like they would hear about other people having similar symptoms and then come forward and say, actually, I had that three months ago or whatever, you know? Yeah. So it became very difficult to, when you start doing what would be, what you'd want to do in this case is a retrospective case study, right? right? You have these things that happened in the past and you do a case study where you just, explain each kind of report on it and try to draw conclusions based on that. The problem with that is that there's a lot of bias in those. Our memories are not perfect. Mm -hmm. Trying to put together when you knew what and when you experienced what and do you think it sounded just like a cicada because you later heard somebody else say that? And right, then, right, right, right. you know, I mean, that's, and that's just the- I'm sure, like you said, you're being briefed on these things. Mm -hmm. You're probably like pretty vigilant for that, right? Like hyper vigilant for that yes. kind of thing. Exactly. And so they, they said, you know, we can't identify a mechanism. Um, we, we don't know. We, they did put a case definition together. Like, we do think we know what whatever this is, what it looks like. Um, there are two phases, they felt. Mm -hmm. uh, the first had headache, pressure, confusion, the auditory symptom, whatever it is, vision issues, balance issues, nausea. And then at some point later on, you would continue to have some of the balance issues and maybe they would worsen or inner ear type issues. And then some cognitive effects like memory issues or processing issues, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, they said they went over everybody and said not everybody who has has reported these symptoms actually fits this definition, so, but some of them do. And then they shrugged and said, I mean, we need more data. We could set up like a prospective case study where if new cases come in, we could study them as they come in. Mm -hmm. But like, we don't really know what to do as, as with this as data. As we can tell, is this doing like permanent sort of damage or is this more of a transient thing? It, it was different for different individuals. For some, it was transient. For some, they continued, even if the majority of their symptoms eased, they continued to have like occasional headaches or fatigue or hearing problems forever. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it was variable. Um, after, the, like a, after the initial cases in Havana, uh, the U.S. government finally decided to reduce its diplomatic presence in Havana. So we were sending Cuban diplomats back to Cuba. At this point, um, the government decides in August of 2017, we need to pull our people out of the embassy there. Not all of them, but a lot of them. So they greatly reduced the number of diplomats there. Um, and Trump even made a statement at that point that he thought Cuba was responsible for the attacks in October now, of now, that was year. Now, was that the opinion of the U.S. government, well-researched by some of our top people? I, I, or was it just Trump on the toilet? Yeah. <laughs> just firing one off. could have been tweeting, off. yeah, for all I know. Um, 
the and then the Canadian diplomats would then eventually be evaluated and have evidence of some of these same sorts of things. And they actually reduced their diplomatic presence there in 2019. Um, and a lot of the reason that this was happening, and again, it's a very complicated time because the I, I don't think anybody would say the Trump administration had the same views as the Obama administration on, well, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely not Cuba and what to do next. Um, but because of this, there was this argument, this sort of like theme, our people aren't safe there. Hmm. And if we can't protect them, what are we doing there? Yeah. And if we're getting harmed, get our people out of there. Right. That, uh, that, be, that became like a, a recurring theme through a lot of these, especially like with Rex Tillerson. That was a lot of Rex Tillerson's argument was, well, let's just get them out of there. Why are we even there? Just get, bring them all home. Forget it. Forget it. We need to get out of Havana. As this is happening, cases are going to continue to occur outside of Havana. So American diplomats, members of the intelligence community, members of the U.S. military um, are beginning to report attacks uh, starting in late 2017 all over the world. Moscow, um, Poland, Georgia, Taiwan, Australia, um, Colombia, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, Austria, all over the place. Okay? Okay. So that, which is why Havana syndrome is not completely accurate. Right. So we have all of these reports from all over the place. Um the most worrisome in terms of the U.S. government uh, came in 2019 when a White House official experienced similar symptoms when they were walking their dog where they lived in their Virginia suburb of D.C. Um, and then in November of 2020, another incident occurred uh, very close on the ellipse, mm-hmm. the lawn that's like to the south of the White House. Mm-hmm. Another incident occurred there. And so this became very concerning, right, to U.S. officials. Like, now we're having people experiencing these symptoms that, I mean, at least the Trump administration felt was an attack of some sort with some sort of weapon that we don't know about that close to the White House. Yeah. Obviously, at that point, there was a there was a lot of concern. Uh, there was this one, too, like, anonymous account of a military official in some country— that was not identified, but it was a country that was noted to have a strong, like, Russian intelligence presence as well. <laughs> this is where that connection will come, mm-hmm. um, where he he claims that he pulled into an intersection, and while he was waiting at a red light, he began to experience these symptoms very intensely, like the pressure and the pain. It all hit him all at once, and his two-year-old was in the back seat, just started screaming. And he sped out of the intersection, and all the symptoms went away, and his two-year-old was fine. That's weird. This is also weird. Um, This past year, we have noted, uh, like in 2021, there have been several different incidents in Vienna. So it seems to be that was the new hotspot, so to speak. Um, But then even more recently, there were a couple cases in Berlin and now Mm -hmm. Hanoi just this past week. Um, So what is happening? Obviously, Trump... Blamed Cuba. Um, Cuba adamantly denied that they were doing any of this. Um, And a lot of people at the time sort of said, like, this isn't, I guess, and I don't, again, this is not my area of expertise, but I guess the idea of them, like, attacking American officials and diplomats to harm them was less common. Like, that is a less common thing. Like, there's definitely, I guess all the spies spy on each other. Like, everybody's listening to each other. Everybody's watching each other. Like, collecting info on each other is just sort of accepted within the 
espionage they're always either community. they're either paying somebody the, the scorpions to write winds of change or they are <laughs> or they are uh, spying on each other but the the idea that they were like targeting with this sort of intent to harm i guess seemed less common and so mm-hmm. a lot of people weren't convinced that Cuba was doing anything, and, and the Cuban officials said, "Absolutely, we're not. We're not doing anything." Yeah. Um, there was also uh, Cuba helped uh, the U.S. for a while try to investigate whether there was like a third party involved, like another country who was coming into Havana and harming American diplomats and officials. And you mean the Russians, right? Because it's definitely the Russians. So Russia 100%. was. Everyone's leading. Uh, initially, the Russia and China were thrown out as the two possible perpetrators russia was what everybody seemed to think yeah they like to get a little spice here well in terms of like why they thought it was russia i can't find anybody who's arguing anything more than well it just seems like feels like russia like it feels like russia i mean like that was really what it seems like a lot of people in the intelligence community were saying like well i mean it kind of feels like russia um but there's no evidence of any of this because we don't even know that it was a thing being done right like We don't have a weapon that we're looking for, a device. Mm-hmm. Um, there were there were all these theories of like, well, maybe it was um, a, like a, a listening device that is malfunctioning and causing problems. So maybe that's why nobody knows about it because like, well, yeah, we got bugs all over the place, but we're not trying to hurt you. But maybe it's a bug that also hurts you, but you didn't know. This all seems like this a stretch. A um, but like it's being – all these countries are being accused of doing something when we – we don't even know 100% that something was done. Right. Right. Um, last December, the CIA had an official task force created to investigate the incidents um, in response largely to the the ones that happened in, you know, D.C. Um, because that was so upsetting to everybody. Um, and this has been <laughs> – ex- Sorry, I just saw the acronym. <laughs> the uh the act yeah. that was passed so yeah. so yes uh so the CIA has a task force this past december was created this has been expanded since then people have been added from the state B- department and other federal agencies to help biden has made this one of his priorities too um and in june the helping american victims afflicted by neurological attacks havana act <laughs> Was passing Congress. Now we can say the Havana Syndrome is not a reference to the Cuban capital, but rather a the act that was passed. Yeah. Yes, the uh, uh, to provide financial assistance to those affected by it. And I think this was like bipartisan, full support, like passed unanimously or something. I'm like mm-hmm. huge support. Anyway, um, so you know, I don't know what. I you know I tried to read this as like a physician with like a from that meta like medical standpoint what does this sound like yeah um I am not familiar with any of these kinds of devices or weapons or whatever you'd want to call them that could cause that I'm not saying that's impossible because it's outside yeah my area but certainly um I've never read or seen that. There were, uh, I should mention that a lot of the um, doctors who felt like there was like some sort of damage that had occurred, like Mm -hmm. actual, like you could see, um, they did these functional MRIs and saw these changes um, and that's how they based it. They said, well, I mean, we're seeing like damaged neural pathways Mm -hmm. on these MRIs. So this isn't, you know, we know something happened because we can see it. 
right? That was a lot of the basis. Um, what's tough is that the people who wrote the book about mass psychogenic illness, that their argument was very much that, well, you can see those changes, though, after trauma, like after emotional trauma, after psychological mm. trauma. People who experience mass psychogenic illness also have these changes on MRI because the brain is really complex. It's really complicated. And if you are experiencing these symptoms and especially if you become convinced that you have been attacked by something. It can have a traumatic effect on you. It, it has a traumatic mm. effect on the brain. I mean, like that, uh, it's all linked, right? Like yeah. the way we feel and our mental health and our physical health and the things we experience physically as well as emotionally, it's all connected. And so to to tease it out with one imaging study or, I mean, it would be, it's very difficult. It's, it's, so it's tough. And that's not me arguing that it is mass psychogenic illness because I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I will say that from the accounts of the individuals who had these experiences, and I think the vast majority are anonymous um, because some of them might still be working in those super secret yeah. jobs. Um, they are really experiencing something. They are really having some – they really did have symptoms or really continue to have some sorts of symptoms. That I do not doubt. Now – I, what caused them? I have no. Uh, it's a mystery. It's a a very strange mystery. But it uh, but it's this weird, mysterious thing that happened and is continuing to happen and has hugely impacted um, American foreign policy. Yeah, um, we don't know, and we don't so have weird. a medical explanation for it. Um, maybe something will come from all these investigations that are happening this year, but I don't know. Um, that's so strange. It's very strange. And I would say that we have more pressing matters to attend to, what with the pandemic. Um, yeah, but like, I don't know. Maybe this laser is like the scariest <laughs> thing. Who knows? Are you scared now? Did now I I'm you scared out? anybody could blast you with this thing. I don't this think, van beam. I read, I, I read like one article where it was like a civilian saying that they had had some symptoms and that they called like the government to say like, hey, I had those two. And they were like, we're not really interested in any civilians who are. So like, I don't they know. They don't want it to catch. Well, I mean, then you could start to get into like, then the waters would get truly muddy, right? Because then you could maybe, you could have a hybrid where it is like a real thing that is happening and also a mass psychogenic illness. Like, Well, it, it, but I mean, it was really weird because it seems to be very targeted at, intelligence officials, military officers. It was like a one was a doctor, but he was also employed by I don't the embassy or the CIA, somebody. He was associated. So like everybody who is part of these studies is affiliated somehow with the government. But there may be accounts of people who aren't. Oh, well, and some were family members. I should say that that's yeah. not entirely true. Some were the family members who were in the area of people who were that's wild. Affected, but like that's truly wild. I don't know. It's a very it, it, obviously we have a lot more questions than answers with yeah. this, but that is what that is. That's why it's in the news. Um, it was something to think about. There's something to think about and talk about and discuss that isn't COVID for a little bit. How about there you that? Go. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We hope you've enjoyed yourself. Thanks to the taxpayers for the use of their song "Medicines" as the intro and outro of our program. We got a book. It's called the Sullivan's Book. Fine paperback. Uh, or hardback wherever fine books are sold. Um, we appreciate you picking up a copy of that if you haven't already. It's an audiobook too, if you want to listen to finally experience the thrill of listening to Sydney and I talk about medical history. 
please get vaccinated. Yeah. If you haven't. If you haven't vaccinated, just real, just like go grab that real quick and then call someone you think might be vaccine hesitant and try to just like reassure them the vaccines are safe. Those conversations do work. I hear your, I I read your emails. Um, We've gotten emails from people who have been able to like talk their reluctant friends and family members into it. And I applaud you. I congratulate you. And I encourage you to keep, keep up the hard work. I talked two people into the vaccine yesterday. Nice job. Yeah. So don't give up. That's right, folks. She finally got me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but don't give up and uh, wear a mask. Um, yeah. Case numbers are rising out there. Wear yeah. a mask, get your vaccine, encourage others. That's going to uh, do it for us this week on Sawbones. Uh, be sure to join us again next week. Till then, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Fund.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.